It's time for Nordic on Tap. Welcome to our podcast featuring interviews, music, folk tales, and lots of hygge, all with a Nordic flavor. I'm your host, Eric Stavney. So what do you know about reeds? That's what you call those broadleaf grasses that live on the shores of lakes and along streams. They have been harvested for thousands of years for various purposes, including for musical instruments. Reeds are used musically because thin strips of reeds vibrate and create a sound when air passes around them. That's how instruments like clarinets, saxophones, oboes, and bassoons work. Have you ever placed a piece of grass across your mouth and blown around it? It's rather startling what happens when the grass vibrates. But I want to talk to you about reeds used in a different musical capacity. So there's this 5,000-year-old Chinese instrument called the sheng. It's the first known instrument to use a vibrating reed to create sound. It managed to make its way to Europe first in the late 1700s, and within 50 years, the enterprising Armenian inventor, Cyril Damina, patented an instrument which used vibrating reeds, including four bass keys or buttons, that produced chords, and he named his invention the accordion. Early accordions, and, and many of them still made today, use a diatonic scale. That is, there's no way to play sharps or flats. The instrument is set in whatever key it's made for. C, F, G. The sound is produced by air pushed by bellows, either pulling them in or out, and this air passes through cavities with reeds. And so the reeds vibrate at different frequencies depending on which reed we're talking about, to produce musical notes, just like that blade of grass. By 1850, the chromatic accordion came along, which allowed the musician to play in any key they wanted to using sharps and flats. That's equivalent to like using the black keys on the piano. Steel reeds replaced the cane grass ones by 1857, more bass keys were added, and by the 1900s, the general shape and size of the modern accordion was pretty well settled. Now, there are other kinds of accordions. The concertina, or bandonian, is a hexagonal palm-sized button accordion. It has more limited possibilities, but it is super portable. And then there's the turader, a larger diatonic button accordion, which you'll be hearing in a few minutes. Accordions really have had their greatest popularity in recent times in folk music. Think of all the musical styles from Zydeco to Cajun, from Klezmer to Polka, Boremusek, Tarantella, Rukoka, and Norteño, to name a few. The accordion is the one portable instrument that can play any musical style you can think of. So I have this Turader playing friend, Nick Erickson, of the Six Feet Back Band, who asked me once if I knew of the folk voice band he sometimes played with, with Birgit and Phil Ages in the Seattle area. The folk voice band was new to me, 
So I searched out some venues where I knew they were playing and have enjoyed both their Nordic folk music and also the music they play from many other countries. So I decided I would save up my questions about accordions, and I got an interview with the folk voice band with Birgit and Phil Ages. So we started, as always, with how they got started. Birgit, can you start with telling me a little bit about, you're obviously German, right. or came from Germany. Yeah. Um, uh, did Tell me about your, your youth. Did you have music in the house? Were your family musical at all? Did you have piano lessons, anything like that? My father was an opera buff. Oh. And he took me to Fidelio for my confirmation. He had Beethoven's only opera. <laughs> and then my grandmother was a piano player for a dance band. I, I inherited a book that my aunt gave me. And she played hambos and tarantellas and mazurkas and all, in all kinds of international stuff. But so I asked my aunt, you know, not many people know what a tarantella or mazurka is. So I asked my aunt, was Oma, Oma is the German word for grandmother, was right. she a music for dance band? And and Tandalen said, yes. I took lessons from seven years old. Both my mother's mother and my father's mother were piano players. And then when I was 35, looked at what was important to me, and it was music, and then I started taking right. lessons again, and then and then I met Philip, <laughs> and then that took care of that a career. <laughs> that was a after you came to the States, right? Yeah. yeah. I was 15. We emigrated to Canada in 1968, and then we moved after a year to Los Angeles, and then to Seattle in 1990. So how'd you end up getting in with the accordion then? I mean, did you, did you guys do some contra dancing or something? Uh, well, we do contra dancing now, but Philip started out on the accordion actually in in in, in Myron Florin country, right? You lived in Orling Hills Estates most yeah. of your life. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, so he started out on the accordion. In those days, they would uh, rent accordions for like, 10 bucks a month, but whatever the going rate was back then. And then they gave lessons with it. And so the guy, the guy that gave the lessons said, well, he's ready to progress to the next stage and he needs to buy an accordion. And his parents are still going, we can't afford that. <laughs> so that ended my accordion <laughs> lessons. And then, and then he wound up with piano and taught himself all the other instruments that he played. Yes, quite a few. I remember the day, actually, I was riding in my, my mother's car. She said, how would you like to learn how to play piano? And I said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Mm -hmm. I didn't say no. I said, okay. And so I, I had lessons from 15 years old to about 21. I liked the lessons, but I was not a good student. And in fact, I was, I was a little bit lazy tell you the truth <laughs> or maybe i had my fingers and too many other musical pies and i couldn't concentrate on one instrument because i about that time i started teaching myself recorder and i had a friend in dulcimer and i was distracted by other instruments <laughs> so i couldn't concentrate my due to exasperation of my piano teacher he was dutcher he said you know philip he he could if he just stuck to the piano he could be really good. I'm sorry, but I don't don't want to give him any more lessons. He could see that was not going to work with me. We we started out as um, 
international folk dancers. He started a band. He wanted to do more European music. We were, he was doing a lot of other people's music and not his own. And so he was playing with another accordionist. He had another lady there, called her nothing to it, Nina. And they needed fellow. They were rehearsing in our living room in Harbor City. And they needed fellow sound on Star of the County Down, which is an Irish tune. <laughs> and so she said nothing to it. And, and just copy me on the right hand and move your bellows with me. And that's what I did. And that's how I got started on the accordion to make a long, long story. That's a lot. She started when she was 35. Yeah. So the the full blown 200 key or whatever base the the big one, right? Yeah. Yeah. You never yeah. started smaller. You just went straight for no. the. It took me, it took me so it's 120 base key on a full size accordion, and they have 80 base key accordions, and I think that's that's on a piano accordion. Those are the two variables. Mm -hmm. And then you get into button boxes where you have less bass, but more powerful bass. <laughs> it took me a whole year to, to get brave enough to start the left hand because I always relied on Nina to do it. And then she, she wasn't around and available, so I had to do, learn it. So I, I learned on the Balkan tunes, CFG, and um, drove him crazy the first couple of months I did that tune. But anyway, that's how I uh, got started on the left hand. So you, when you say CFG, you're meaning the, the chords C and F and G, right? Yeah. So the buttons are the rhythm section. Okay. And the left mm -hmm. side, you have an inner row, then you have a second row, and the C is an indentation. You have mostly have rounded buttons. Yeah. That's a, that tonic, that C, and then it goes up the circle of fifth C, D, G, A, E, yeah. or, and then the circle of fourth going down, so it's C, F, B flat, B flat, A flat, etc. And then this is a major chord, and then you have polka rhythm, you have. So then you have the major, minor, diminished and that's it in a nutshell <laughs> and that goes same pattern all the way up and down the, the bass most people only use and if you play with uh, with right. brass it's in the b flat <laughs> You can you can play any key, right? Anything on that accordion. But Phil, you play the Turader. Turader, and those come in fixed keys, don't they? Yes, they do. Well, so, I can start with a concertina. Oh yeah, tell me about that. This is in two keys. This was made in former East Germany. Oh, look at that! Wow, it sort of fits in your palms almost. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a Klingenthal. Klingenthal is right on the border of the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a brand of accordion like Honor. So, so this is a concertina, but it's a different tone pushing and pulling, whereas the English concertina is the same tone pushing and pulling, but it's countercurrent. Yeah, so it's, it's in, out.
you can play a little harmony on the left side while you're playing the, the melody on the right side. So it sounds like you're saying that that's one of those uh, accordions that when you push it in, some reeds are activated, and when you're pulling out, other reeds are you play, right? It, it's a different tone pushing and pulling. This is on the Anglo accordion, yeah, but the English accordion is the same tone pushing and pulling. My accordion is the same tone pushing and pulling. So, so these things, it helps if you don't read music, actually. <laughs> play a little finished tune. looks like it takes a lot of thought to know whether you're supposed to push in or pull out. Yeah, after a while, you kind of, it's, it's a pattern. You remember the pattern. You memorize the tune, which note to go in and which go out. Like, it works so, like the harmonica, basically. Yeah. You're right. When I've played the harmonica, when I suck in or blow out, I have different, there's different notes, isn't there? I'd forgotten that. So this has a little history. Look at that thing. So that's a kind of a, it's a boxier, more traditional button accordion, but it's bigger, obviously bigger than the concertina. Right. Yeah. So what is this called? Is this similar to the, to, to the Torado in Norway? They call them Torados. Yeah, it means two row. It yeah. means Torado, it means two row. Could you call that a diatonic? Yeah. Button, button accordion? It's a diatonic, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. means two tone. I'll play a little Swiss tune, beginning of a tune called Marchler Lendler. You want to do it together? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll do that together. And this has some some kind of, kind of big basses for a small uh, accordion. So you're putting on, uh, Birgit, you're putting on your, what what do we call it, a 12080 or the big one? The <laughs> 120. <laughs> Fantastic. I guess I haven't seen you play enough to see that you both, do you commonly play together with two kinds of accordions? Yeah, actually, not Scandinavian stuff. We sure. use this concertina and Scandinavian stuff, but we don't use the two row that much. Yeah, this is both Oktoberfest, German, Austrian, Swiss, two, and it's a perfect match. 
for the accordion. Now, you were talking to me and referenced this idea of a wet sound and a, is it a dry sound? What, what is that about? Uh, different accordions have a different amount of switches done here. Sometimes you only have two in the middle, a low and a high. Sometimes you have, you have most of these are mirror image up here and down here, so you can change feeds pretty quickly. The, the, the switches are? Yeah, that's on the grill of the... Of the... So that's above the keyboard, right? Yeah. Is it equivalent to stops, like on an organ? Yeah, I would say that's a good way to explain it. So like here you have... This is a master sound or... or... Like an organ sound, and this is a high master. That's a little more dry and direct, less wet. And this is really high, high and dry, leaving you high and dry. Pretty clean sound, right? So back to the wet versus dry, it almost sounds like you're saying wet is almost, is, is it more vibrato? Yes. Yeah. Vibrato, you have two reeds that are very close to each other, but that gives it that vibrating sound. So what's going on when you use different yeah. switches? I mean, are you using different reeds? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it create, yeah. making the sound? And they, they will have the number of reeds. I can't read it, can read but it there you. is. Can you tell him how many reads the switch Okay, has? that's, uh, it says brilliant, um, bassoon. That's so that's, uh, looks like uh, one read. Uh, uh, okay, this has two dots in the next two is Yeah, next to it is Madonian. Which one? That's Madonian. That's pretty dry. Okay. So you're saying that when you use one mm -hmm. of the switches, it's it's not an entirely different set of reeds that creates that sound or a combination of them. It's it's just a few. Most of the time, it's two or three reeds, two or three, depending on whether how dry and how wet you want it to be. Sometimes it's one. If it's really dry, it's one reed. If you want a little, it's two. Now you have. What style of music would you say that was that you just played? What that was a mazurka. That was a, a mazurka. That was a finished music. It's a, the beat is different. You know, you all a waltz you have, and the mazurka. So you have downbeat a little more than you have on the. I see. It's both one two three, one two three, but it's 
different. One, two, and three. Different yeah. emphasis yeah. on the one what, is, what does a hombo sound like? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the same as in Mazurka, but a little different. Okay. the same as the Mazurka rhythm. It's interesting. It also seems to be have a three. Yeah. 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 If you see three, four rhythm, it's not necessarily a one. Yes. It's, it could be a Mazurka. It could be a Polska, especially when you go into Eastern European and some Scandinavian stuff, Swedish stuff is known for doing that. You have a Ross pose, you have a Glass, you have different things you do with, with three quarter rhythm. It's not all waltzes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally different. Then there's the Polska, which is kind of totally different. Yeah, well, that's a whole other planet. They just had. <laughs> is a Polska different from a polka? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you, it is. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. It's it's the hardest rhythm to, to get our to wrap around. For the longest time, we just shun Polska because we can't do this stuff. No, well, it's, it's, the, it's the proper Swedish plural is Polskor. Polskor, okay, Polskor, <laughs> which actually came from Poland, I think, and they got adopted in Sweden. Yeah. How does a Schottish uh, or a or, or is it a, a Rhineland? Are they similar? The same? They're similar with with different tricks on them. A Schottish is like oh, the easy one. Is... Johan Paul Schnippen is is a uh, Scottish, huh? So this is a Rhinelander. Okay. So did did you say it has more drive to it? Yes, it has kind of the first first uh, part of the. Uh, of the emphasis is on the first beat, basically, kind of like push, and then it kind of goes, kind of like boom, da da da, boom, da da. And so, Phil, you also play the mandolin yes. and the recorder. Mm -hmm. So, how did you two end up forming your band? How did that come about? Well, we actually started in California. I was part of Interfolk band back in the, in the eighties. A friend of mine who was was a lead accordionist. And I and just, it still is. Yeah, the still, band is still in existence. It's still in, in existence. California. Our folk dance teacher said, "You know, it'd be nice to have some live music." And 
So this band buddy decided to put together a band, and it was myself and another violinist. We had like a trio, and then then they decided to, when I met Birgit, we started well, you, in, you, in so California. Can I tell the story? Yeah, you, you tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so to make a long story short, he was doing everybody Balkan music and Scandinavian music, and he wanted to do more Western European music, German yeah. and Dutch and stuff like that. Philip founded his own band with another accordionist that then they were practicing, like I said before, in the living room in the, our apartment in Harbor City. I needed fellow sound, and so they, they, she told me, just copy me in the right hand and, and play chords in the right hand and copy me in the left hand. And then we got a gig at the Yugoslav Hall. And we... so our first gig was at the Yugoslav Men's Hall in San Pedro, California. So, right. And then we, we were at a restaurant in, in Harbor City, a Mexican place, and decided uh, so we, on the name Folk Voice Band before we ever knew there was a folk life up here. <laughs> um, and uh, then we wind up playing Balkan and Scandinavian music. <laughs> so when you two, you two sometimes play with like, it, it, um, is your bassist uh, Jim Noyce? Um, so bass player is Jim Noyce. When we're lucky, we have Bob Hafer on clarinet and Deirdre is on concertina. Deirdre and Sarah and Jim also play with Capel. So how you know the difference is by the accordionist. <laughs> so um, Capel has uh, Jim and with both boys, a male accordionist. And, and here it's but us, they're also they don't do international. They do just Scandinavian. We do more uh, different, different Finnish music yeah. and international. So it sounds like you two keep kind of keep. Um, I know a lot of musicians in our area play in multiple bands, right? They just like almost like a violin for yeah, hire. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, but that's what we are up against with that, with half of the band being in Capel, right? So, um, yeah, I hear, I hear you. But go, I'm sorry. So, do you two play in other bands that aren't as the folk voice band? So, we're not the first band they call when they <laughs> call Scandinavian. We're not the first band they call when they look for German music. But when they look for international, they look for us. You know, so yeah, I guess we have our niche. Well, yeah, time. I mean, for folk life, we're. we're we're starting out with for for our performance. This well, we're one of two bands, so we get picked every year for that's folk right. life. Right? This, this is folk the folk life festival at Seattle. Yeah, we do such a, a wide variety of ethnicities. You know, we like Western European, we like Eastern European, little Armenian thrown in, and you know, Middle Eastern music. That's fine, but we kind of give it equal representation to all that ethnicities. So if someone went looking for where you do gigs, you have said Oktoberfest, you said Folklife Festival, other predictable places we would find you? Uh, well, see, during the pandemic, music really died down, and the first thing that goes music. Used to play <laughs> at farmer's markets a lot and, 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 and private parties, but we don't have many public 
kids these days anymore. I don't know. So we're open. We're open for suggestions, and we. I mean, we played in Edmonds last year. We played at the. They had a walkable uh, Edmonds, yeah. and we mm-hmm. played for that. Do you ever do the Swedish Club pancake breakfast? Well, we've done that for years, and we're we're playing again in June. Good. That's actually something we. The Swedish Club has done an incredible job keeping things open, and so we also. I played a lot at the uh, Midsummer Fest at Scandia, which is coming up on June. Oh, Midsummer out at St. Edwards Park? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's another one at Vasa Park, and that's, I don't know, there. Well, we've yeah. been to Astoria several times. Oh, Astoria, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's a big Finnish enclave down there. There's Finfest, if you're interested in that, there's Finfest. It's just a small little village of Nacelle putting it up. If we want listeners to be able to hear you and say they can't make it to one of your gigs, they can hear you on YouTube, right? But we do have a number of CDs on Folk Voice. Do you? I have one of them. I know that. And I need to learn how to do all this modern stuff that people will use, SoundCloud or something like that. On SoundCloud, that would be wonderful. Well, I think I'll, I'll let you two go. I really appreciate it. This has been a fun. Aside from the podcast, this has been a blast. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, thank you. So I wanted you to hear Birgit and Phil playing the Russian folk tune Korobushka, or sometimes it's called Koro Bainiki. You may recognize part of this tune from a certain 1989 Japanese video game. But that tune had been around for at least a hundred years already and was based on a poem by the Russian Nikolai Nekrasov. So this tune has words, which you'll hear Phil singing later in the recording. Phil is playing the mandolin.
Great stuff, huh? Thanks for listening today. We've added a new feature to our episode pages on our website, nordicontap.com, where you can now leave comments about each show. We do ask for your name and email for our records, but we don't publish your email. And if you need to, use a pseudonym if you like. You can write to us directly also at nordicontap at gmail.com. Honestly, folks, the, the podcast gets better and better with your input. Thank you for the many folks who responded about the Parade Troll podcast. That seemed to be very popular. Special thanks for this episode goes to Nick Erickson of Six Feet Back, to Birgit and Phil Ages for sharing their art and music, and to Lorianne Reinhall at the Norwegian American News at NorwegianAmerican.com for promoting our show. We're working on an upcoming show featuring the classic Nordic soprano Laura Logie from Seattle. You don't want to miss that one, or any of our other 23-some programs as of today. Our intro music is the traditional New March by Alfred Morten Heurup and Ruthie Dornfeld, and the outgoing music is composed and performed by that versatile and talented Daryl Jackson at daryljackson.com. I'm your host, Eric Stavney, saying till next gong. Till next time, viseus hadebra. They have been harvested for thousands of years for various poop. Boremusek, uh, Boremusek, Bore. Accordions have definitely waxed and waned in population. Rukoka, Rukoka, Nikolai, by the Russian Nikolai Nekrasov. Nikolai Nekrasov. We're working on an upcoming show, Feasting, Feasting, hmm, very good with feces.